What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. This is a podcast from Minute Media. All right, welcome everybody to the Lakers Legacy Podcast, where it's August, it's hot. Maybe we have Kyrie, maybe we do not. All that matters is that we make it to training camp without losing our minds, hopefully with no Russell Westbrook. Basketball gods, please be kind. So yeah, as you can see, I'm doing Def Jam poetry now to pass the time till we get basketball back into our lives once again. Uh, but anyways, I'm your host, Jonathan Hernandez, and I'm joined by my co-host, Tommy Alexander. And for today's episode, consider this one of our summer stopgap micropods that will sort of help stem the tide for you guys till more substantial Kyrie Irving Lakers trade news materializes. So for today's episode, we will be talking about the Lakers' last roster spot or two, and how we think the Lakers should go about utilizing those spots. But anyways, Tommy, have you dabbled in any sort of poetry or haiku musings during this time to get through the dog days of summer? I've not. Now that's sad. You should try it. (laughs) All jokes aside, let's talk about TV shows. What have you been watching recently to get you through this uh, Kyrie Irving malaise? This is very, very recent, but I actually just started watching that show, The Rehearsal, on HBO Max. Have you seen that? I have not heard of that show. Okay, what dude. What is it about? I actually think you you would really like this show. So, okay. did you ever watch Nathan For You? 
You've told me about it. Is that the reality show? Like the? It's like a. I, I don't know that I would call it reality. It's like pseudo reality. It's definitely mostly scripted, but it's with this uh-huh. guy Nathan Fielder. I think is his last name, but he's like a comedian, and he does like his style of comedy is like very deadpan. But the premise of this show is he takes people who want to like experience something or do something or you know express something and they're like nervous about it and he recreates the exact circumstances of how the interaction is expected to go and he does rehearsals with them like hundreds and hundreds of times so like there was like the for example just not there's no spoilers here but like the first episode is some guy is confessing to somebody on his trivia team that he actually doesn't have like the degree that like that everybody thought that he had you know uh-huh. for many years and he's like it's been weighing on his conscience and he wants to confess it and Nathan literally replicates the exact bar that they meet at (laughs) to do like down to the chair details like this bar is replicated in a warehouse and he hires actors to like play various people and like he runs through and it's just you have to watch it it's so meticulous and over the top it's just it's hilarious that's like super meta because eventually that guy's gonna actually do that right yeah 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 and and they show him doing it (laughs) It's, it's very oh my funny. god yeah that that's that's pretty funny uh, i'll definitely have to check that out uh i recently just finished um i don't know if you watch ozark with uh jason bateman but it's like you know the breaking bad of this generation i guess but i haven't seen it but I'm, yeah i'm aware of it you should check it out on netflix i just finished the fourth season and now i'm kind of i don't know what to do with my life after you've binge watched that many seasons of a particular show you've like gotten close to the characters and that's that's a show that's done really well writing wise uh, with regards to character development and really fleshing out and making those characters fully realized, and now I miss all of them. But one good show that I recently watched as well outside of Ozark that you guys should check out, it's called Yellow Jackets. It's on Showtime. It's about this high school girls soccer team, and their team name is the Yellow Jackets. And back in 1996, they make it to the Nationals. And they have to take a plane ride over to wherever the Nationals is happening. But along the way, the plane crashes, Tommy. In the Pacific Northwest, these girls are stranded in the forest. And it's essentially like Lord of the Flies. Like, what happens when these high school girls in this soccer team are forced to fend for themselves? Yellow Jackets. Gotcha. Or Yellow Jacket. But what's cool about the show is that it doesn't follow, like, a linear timeline. You actually see some of the girls present day in 2021 as mothers and it flashes back to what they were doing in the woods trying to survive back in 1996 and so there's a lot of like filling in the gaps between like oh i guess that girl survived but what about this girl you know because there's a lot of like weird and this isn't a spoiler alert but it's a lot of weird cannibalistic stuff that happens there it's very gruesome and uh, gnarly but yeah it's a very unique and, and interesting and fun show to uh, sort of binge and it's a very yeah, it's a, I'd call it like a thriller slash dark comedy. So check out Yellow Jacket if you guys have the time. Mm. All right. With that said, let's get to the rest of our episode. Oh, I forgot. Let me do this plug real quick. So yeah, before I go any further, please make sure to give us a five-star Apple podcast review. In the meantime, to make the summer days go by quicker, if you've already done that or can't do that, then please head over to your Spotify app, search our podcast, and simply click the five-star button right at the top, and you've already done your good deed for the day and made our year. So thank you for your support, and please do that if you haven't already done so. 
All right, Tommy, let's get into things. So I wanted to ask you about the Lakers' one or two last roster spots, and if you have any thoughts on how you think the Lakers should close out their offseason heading into training camp with those back-end spots at their disposal, while also keeping in mind the current holding pattern we're in due to potential trade negotiations and the fact that, as Palinka has stated multiple times, we are not done yet. So depending on what happens in any potential trade, things could obviously change with regards to how many roster spots the Lakers will have available, though I anticipate at least one fully guaranteed roster spot still being open even after a trade happens. So keeping all that in mind, here's where the Lakers currently stand. They have 14 standard contracts on their roster, two of which are non-guaranteed, Austin Reeves, who's essentially a guaranteed deal, and Wenyan Gabriel whose spot is probably gettable should someone else emerge in training camp that proves more worthy for his position. Yeah. So given all of that, they currently have one guaranteed roster spot open. The Lakers also have their two two-way spots filled, Cole Swider and Scottie Pippen Jr. So all that in total is 16 players. And then the Lakers have also signed three Exhibit 10 players, Fabian White Jr., Javante McCoy, and Jay Huff, all of whom played in Summer League for the Lakers. Now, these Exhibit 10 contracts allow the Lakers to turn any one of these players into two-way contracts as long as it happens before the regular season. These deals can also be cut at any time. But these Exhibit 10 deals actually incentivize these players with customized bonuses to sign with the Lakers G League team, the South Bay Lakers, and report to them for at least 60 days in the event that the Lakers do cut them. So these deals were essentially made to be cut so that these players could then be rerouted back to the South Bay Lakers. And it's important to note that if any one of these guys are converted to a two-way deal, namely Jay Huff, then that would mean that a guy like Scottie Pippen Jr. or Cole Swider, their contract would need to be changed to either an Exhibit 10 contract or a standard contract. Right. Teams can sign a max of six Exhibit 10 deals. But the Lakers can only bring 20 bodies to camp, and currently, with everything that I've just outlined, in total, the Lakers have 19 players signed to some sort of contract that will have them bound for training camp. So in summary, the Lakers have one open guaranteed spot, they have another spot potentially up for grabs in Wenyan Gabriel's non-guaranteed spot, and then they have three Exhibit 10 deals that can be cut at any point for another training camp invite player or veteran. But again, let's assume Jay Huff is likely going to make it to training camp. So then that leaves Javante McCoy and Fabian White as the likely candidates to get cut for an alternative veteran training camp invite. So one open guaranteed roster spot, one non-guaranteed spot, and two fluid spots that are currently occupied by Exhibit 10 players who, even if they're cut, will likely be South Bay Lakers bound. So sorry if that's all confusing, but for the purposes of our discussion to make things clean, Tommy, let's just say the Lakers have one or two roster spots still to fill, whether Mm -hmm. that's a guaranteed contract or a non-guaranteed training camp invite. So essentially, what do you think the Lakers should do with these last few moves that they have? Should they sign a vet with NBA experience to a guaranteed contract like a Carmelo Anthony or a Markeith Morris? Should they sign another wing? Should they cut Fabian White and sign another non-guaranteed camp invite or two to compete for a spot against Wenyan Gabriel? Should they convert Cole Swider to a standard contract and have him assume that last guaranteed roster spot and move Jay Huff up to the two-way deal, thereby opening up another spot for a training camp invite? All these permutations are possible, and I wanted to get your thoughts on what would be the most economical way to use these last few moves for the Lakers. And before you go, I wanted to add one thing and add a little bit more context to the discussion because 
I don't think it's news to anybody at this point that the one area that the Lakers are severely lacking in is that 6'8", 6'9", skill forward player. And if we look back to a couple weeks ago when a guy like that was available in Isaiah Roby, and not to say that this guy would make or break our year, but I kind of wish the Lakers had put in a claim for him because we would have won that claim with the Marcus Gasol exception because Isaiah Roby is a versatile 6'8 forward with a 7'3 wingspan who can do a little bit of everything. He's only 24 years old. He shot 44% from three last year, hitting one three a game, albeit on a low volume of attempts. But again, he's young, active. He averages about one steal and one block a game. I describe him as the slower, more Kyle Anderson-esque version of Kyle Kuzma. Um, But essentially, he's a versatile guy who could be another good developmental piece for us, or at the very least, another trade asset down the line. Now, I'm guessing we didn't put in a claim for him because we're still embroiled in all of these Kyrie Irving discussions. And I think this Isaiah Roby missed opportunity is just an unfortunate consequence of having to wait out this whole Kyrie Irving trade thing. Because if we had a little bit more of a definitive idea as to how many players were going out in a trade, how many players were coming back to us, how many roster spots we truly have available after the aftermath of a trade, then I think maybe we would have been more amenable to having taken a flyer on Isaiah Roby. So I guess I understand the Lakers in action from that end of things. But that said, for me, given Isaiah Roby's age, his upside, his size at 6'8 with a 7'3 wingspan, if I were the Lakers, I still would have put in that waiver claim on him and sorted things out later. Totally. Because again, Wenyon Gabriel is just a non-guaranteed contract and Isaiah Roby would have only been making like $2 million. And then outside of Isaiah Roby, as most of you guys know by now, my favorite 6'9 versatile forward... (laughs) <laughs> Bo Cruz, a.k.a. Juancho oh. Hernan Gomez, is now off the market. He got snatched up by the Raptors. But yeah, guys like Isaiah Roby, guys like Juancho Hernan Gomez, they are the unfortunate collateral damage in this waiting out process of a Kyrie Irving deal. And the Lakers are, you know, these are 15th, 14th men, but the Lakers are still missing out on versatile forwards. So yeah, I don't know. The whole thing with the Lakers being averse and allergic to six eight six nine forwards is pretty frustrating and perplexing to me but whatever all right anyways sorry tommy i have rambled on long enough and gone on too much of a tangent so tommy hold your thoughts on what to do with these final last roster spots and we will catch you guys after the break all right so we're back and tommy i'm gonna make you hold another beat again because before you go i just wanted to quickly throw out some potential buyout candidates that the lakers could maybe look at for one of their last roster spots or one of their two or three remaining training camp invites, some other guys who are on the fringes with their teams and may be cut before or during training camp would be a couple guys from the Rockets who also have to make several cuts before the season starts. There's 25-year-old Garrison Matthews. He's another shooter, 6'5", shot 36% from three, hitting 2.1 a game with the Rockets last season. Doesn't play a lick of defense, but there's a shooter if the Lakers need one. Uh, 25-year-old Marquise Chris, former number eight overall pick in the 2016 draft, 6'9", with a 7'1 wingspan. He showed some nice flashes of versatility with Dallas. Not sure he's better than Wenyan Gabriel at this point, but doesn't hurt to maybe have him battle Wenyan in training camp to find out. Though he did undergo knee surgery in June, so it remains to be seen whether or not he's truly even healthy. But, you know, Chris would fit that bill of another 6'9 versatile athletic forward between LeBron James and Anthony Davis, who we may be able to use. 
Outside of the Rockets, as I mentioned before with Juancho Hernan Gomez, keep an eye out for what the Raptors do in general, because they have several players fighting for roster spots, and outside of Juancho Hernan Gomez, uh, they have DJ Wilson, who's 6'9", with a 7'3 wingspan. DJ Wilson is a guy we've mentioned numerous times on this podcast, and he's also on a partially guaranteed deal. The Lakers actually worked out DJ Wilson during a free agent minicamp this summer, um, so maybe they'll think about giving him a second look if he gets cut. Outside of those guys, I have also heard from the Raptors contingent that former Lakers Svima Kailu is a name who could be on the outs with them. Oh, interesting. So even though Svi opted into his player option and he's on a guaranteed minimum deal, the Raptors may actually look to trade him or just outright cut him to free up a spot. And in that case, maybe the Lakers could give Svi a look because again, Svi is a 6'8 shooter who's got more NBA experience than a guy like Cole Swider and could be a stopgap for Cole while Cole gets his feet wet. And then lastly, the Spurs also have some decisions to make with their roster. They have a couple guys on non-guaranteed contracts who they may just cut in training camp. There's Trey Jones, but he's a point guard. The guy of note for the Spurs, though, is Keita Bates-Diop. He's non-guaranteed. He's a 6'8 forward with a 7'3 wingspan, only 26 years old. He's more of a theoretical floor spacer, though he's only been a 30% career three-point shooter. What interests me about him is the fact that he did drop 30 points on the Lakers last season on 11 of 11 shooting, 3 of 3 from 3. So so yeah, those are just some interesting, very fringy young flyer names to monitor as potential training camp invites that the Lakers could look at. So Tommy, with all that exposition and landscape canvassing out of the way... What should the Lakers do with their last roster spot? Should the Lakers promote one of their young prospects like Cole Swider and Jay Huff to a standard contract? Should they leave their last roster spot open? Should they sign an actual legit guaranteed player? What do you think they should do? So on the Huff point, they actually did sign Huff to one of those Exhibit 10 deals, so he will be coming to camp. Um, I don't think Huff has a legit shot of, I mean, look, I guess anything could happen. I don't think he has a legit shot of making the actual roster, given that we signed both Damian and Thomas Bryant, and AD's obviously going to play some five. So maybe he ends up taking one of those two-way spots. But, you know, sort of getting out of the weeds and thinking more high level and putting aside all the potential trades, because I don't think any of them would really address the specific need. I think we need to use both spots on... Six eight six nine guys with length. Um, I think that's like clearly the gap on this roster. I mean, we have LeBron, who's LeBron and needs to do LeBron things, and can't be worried about being like a six nine drone who just plays defense, right? So we have Stanley, we have Winnie and Gabriel, who may or may not make the team. We don't have anybody else. I mean, like, yeah, I know we have signed some guys like Juan Toscano-Anderson, who has a little bit of size and length and is used to playing, like, frankly, with the Warriors, he backed up, like, pretty much all five spots. Um, We have Troy Brown Jr., who has a little more size than some of the other guys we've signed, but he's, you know, still, like, 6'6". When you look across the board at, like, teams that are expected to be competitive this year, I mean... There's laundry lists of guys who are six eight, yep. six nine, and the right in the Celtics, the Clippers. Um, well, the fact that the Raptors signed Juancho Hernan Gomez, who's six nine, and he has to compete with ten other six nine guys tells you. Yeah, the story. I mean it's crazy, right? And so they know kind of like what what the current league is is sort of requiring. And I think like based on how we put the roster together so far, 
my suspicion is they plan to sort of bridge the gap there by playing bigger lineups, um, you know, playing more centers and AD at the same time um, to sort of clean up some of some of those uh, those roster gaps. But I I don't look. I don't think I know Yuta Watanabe is still out there, who we've yeah. talked about, you know, at length on this podcast. I don't think there's a ton else, so it might be time to start like looking into who's going to get waived heading into training camp. Um, you know, the Clippers, for example, waived someone. I don't know how big uh, Jay Scrub is, but you know, there's... he's six five, but he's very athletic, so he's almost like Derek Jones Jr. So yeah, yeah. So you know, just an example because I saw that today, right? But you know, there's going to be a number of these types of waivers that happen over the next few weeks. Certainly in the aftermath of the KD Donovan Mitchell, if there is a Kyrie Irving trade, like the aftermath of that is going to lead to a lot of waivers across the board because teams are going to end up with too many guys. Um, so, you know, we really, really need to address those needs. I mean, Cole Swider, had such an impressive summer league that you could make an argument that maybe he just gets converted. But since this is like the unfortunate uh, part of drafting a 19 year old development project with your only second round pick is like, we're already using an actual 15 man roster spot on a pure development player. So it's Max hard Christie. to, yeah, Max Christie, obviously. So it's hard to like justify now bringing in another rookie to take another roster spot, even though he does sort of fit the height and, you know, kind of range we're looking for. He doesn't, his defensive skills are certainly yeah. not developed enough to be a contributor. And to that point, you kind of just need to maximize these last two roster spots, right? And that's not even to say that Cole Swider won't eventually turn into a standard contract, but... For as long as you can keep him on that two-way spot, I feel like the Lakers have to. And I want to be clear, even if he's on a two-way contract, the Lakers can still call him up and he can play NBA games, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and at the very least, they should hold off on converting Swider's contract till, you know, at least preseason's over. So they can, they can see how these guys actually play because with as well as he shot in Summer League, that's still Summer League, right? You want to see it translate to some level against actual NBA competition with Cole Swider playing with the superstars, even though you know that they're going to make his life easier. It just makes sense that you keep Cole Swider in that two-way spot for now, see how training camp goes, and then, you know, I know Wenyan Gabriel is a 6'9 guy, and so you don't necessarily want to just willy-nilly just, you know, toss him to the side. But that's why I'm saying with Wenyan Gabriel's non-guaranteed spot, it would behoove the Lakers now to then. And I think at this point, you could probably ask Utah Watanabe to come in for a non-guaranteed contract, right? I mean, this isn't uncommon. Mm -hmm. Ask Utah Watanabe if he'll take it. Hey, do you want to compete for a spot in training camp? And then ask another guy like, say, I don't know, a PJ Dozier who's 6'6", with legit NBA experience, a Robert Woodard III, who's 6'8", with a 7-foot wingspan, even NBA youngish vets like Justin Anderson or Justin Jackson, who actually played in Summer League for the Celtics last month and had a 24-point game. For whatever reason, the Lakers have also never been interested in a guy like Casey Okpala, who was with the Heat, who's still only 23 years old, but is 6'8", with a 7'2 wingspan, and showcases some intriguing defensive tools. Even smaller guys like Abdel Nader, who may be considered more of a veteran at this stage, though he's only 28, 29 years old still. But yeah, a guy like Abdel Nader is as solid as they come, even though he's only 6'5", 6'6", he does play bigger than his listed height, and can approximate that 3 and D wing sort of defender. 
And honestly, at this point, even the wings who can't shoot that are still out there, like Josh Jackson and even a Jarrett Culver, these reclamation project wings, I'd even toss some camp invites their way to see if they have anything left in the tank. I know the Lakers worked out 23-year-old Louis King, Louis King, during a free agent minicamp last month, hmm. and he's a long athletic wing who's 6'7 with a 7-foot wingspan. He had a really solid three-point shooting profile coming out of college, shooting 38% from three on good volume. He even played with the Phoenix Suns Summer League team in Vegas last month, led them in points, averaging 13.4 points per game, though he did have pretty poor percentages from the field and three-point land. But regardless, he still flashed his length and athleticism. Point being, can we get some guys who are taller than 6'5"? Guys with actual size and length who can move defensively on the perimeter and approximate that sort of 3 and D wingish type of play. Other teams seem to be doing this. Other teams seem to be more creative in their training camp invites looking for these reclamation type projects. I brought up Isaiah Roby, Juancho Hernan Gomez. We let another guy slip in Bruno Caboclo, who the Celtics just picked up on a training camp invite, a non-guaranteed training camp invite. I mean, it does not hurt you to bring a guy who's 6'9 with a 7'7 wingspan to your camp who was a former lottery pick and is still 26 years old. Bruno Caboclo also played pretty well for the Utah Jazz in Summer League, so I have no idea why the Lakers are not taking these sort of moneyball gambles on these types of guys. And... And yeah, I don't know. At, at this point, I just know Rob's response to this will be, you want a 6'9 guy? Here's Jabari Parker. But anyways, <laughs> all jokes aside, it will behoove the Lakers to sign more non-guaranteed training camp invites with actual size. That 6'8", 6'9 frame, like you said. And maybe even take a look at some of the players I just mentioned, or similar types of players. So essentially... Keep that Wenyan Gabriel spot, if he's still on the roster, as that flexible spot. And then with the other spot, depending on whether or not Kendrick Nunn gets shipped out in a deal, I'm going to assume that that other spot's going to be reserved for, like, a new backup point guard, right? So whether that's Eric Bledsoe or, fine, Dennis Schroeder, (laughs) I think one of those spots will be reserved for that guy. But let's say Nunn isn't shipped out. Well, then that's when you consider, you know... Maybe giving Utah Watanabe one of those last guaranteed roster spots. Or giving him a non-guaranteed training camp invite. Or consider one of the slew of wingish sort of reclamation projects that I just mentioned. And look, at this point, I also wouldn't be surprised if the Lakers just turned to vets with size like Markeith Morris or Carmelo Anthony. So in that event, would you be okay with a Melo or Keefe? Markeith Morris questionable. Carmelo probably, I would... I would prefer to look elsewhere. I think this team is, I mean, again, we've sort of put together an odd bunch so far, barring a potential trade, but I'm most concerned about the defense. I, th- I feel like the offense yeah. will come around, but or maybe it won't. But we, as we've seen, you can get by with not so great, not so beautiful offense if you have good defense. The, the flip of that doesn't really work so well. And, and I think preserving LeBron and AD starts on the defensive side. Yeah. That's fair. Although I will say, if we are able to snag an actual 6'9 versatile forward to compete with Wenyan for his spot, like a Watanabe, I wouldn't mind making Melo our sort of Jared Dudley slash 15th man who can actually play in a pinch and provide us some much-needed floor spacing with size. I think Mm -hmm. with a smaller role this year, him being a defensive liability can definitely be masked, especially if we get a guy like Miles Turner. I think Melo could actually maybe even hold up defensively, because he did do some nifty things for us last year, being a guy who actually 
tried to use his physicality, used his active hands to strip balls and block shots in a sort of loafing Marcus Gasol type way. But yeah, mostly he, Mello would be a break glass in case of emergency type shooter off the bench. And, you know, this is a guy who shot 37% from three for us last year, hitting 2.2 a game. And he definitely sputtered out near the end because before the All-Star break, he was shooting 39% from three, hitting 2.3 a game for us. So I think if he's in a much more limited 10 to 15 minute per game end of quarters type role, I think Mello will be able to better upkeep his efficiency throughout the year. And we also just need another adult in the room. And Carmelo was really great for us uh, chemistry-wise in the locker room last year. And he definitely played that cool uncle role to guys like Austin Reeves and THT. So from that end, I, I wouldn't mind Carmelo Anthony. And obviously, depending on whether or not he's healthy... Um, from his neck injury last year, I would definitely welcome back Markeith as well to give us one of those bruising, gritty type players who can muck it up in the paint, but also but also be that sort of dog for us against physical teams who are trying to get into our heads. Some other vets to maybe monitor would be Rodney Hood and then Audrey Iguodala, who are both still out there. Could be intriguing 15th, 14th type guys, but I think at this point we'd actually want legitimate bodies who can play versus a Udonis Haslam slash Jared Dudley type. Exactly. Um, But back to a guy like Utah Watanabe and my training camp flyer point. The reason why I think giving Utah Watanabe a non-guaranteed deal is actually plausible is because last year the Clippers gave Isaiah Hardenstein and Harry Giles non-guaranteed deals to compete during preseason. So Isaiah Hardenstein accepted it and, you know, He ended up making the roster. The rest is history. He got paid by the Knicks and actually proved himself. And I think Utah Watanabe could be in that same position. So we'll see. Because like I mentioned at the top of the break, some other teams are going to have to make training camp cuts of their own. Like, for example, the Oklahoma City Thunder, who I forgot to mention at the top, they still have to make three cuts to their roster. And a guy like Ty Jerome and Derek Favors, though they aren't names that the Lakers would potentially need given their current roster construct, those are interesting guys who could find themselves on the buyout market. And then the Sixers have to make some cuts as well, including Treble and Queen, who, you know, the Lakers are familiar with, and he was the G League MVP last year, or Isaiah Joe, who is a very interesting prospect and killed it in Summer League this past summer, a deadly three-point shooter. So there are guys that are going to be out there. So I think it makes sense that the Lakers, you know, haven't necessarily filled one of those spots with a guaranteed deal before, one, they know what's ha- what's going to happen in a trade. And then two, just because who knows who else gets cut the nearer and nearer we get to training camp. So right. yeah, we'll just continue to monitor the situation. Um, I think any, any movement that happens internally with regards to our two-way guys and, and whatnot will probably have to wait till preseason happens, including, you know, Jay Huff and Scottie Pippen Jr. All right, with that said, that'll pretty much do it for this Micropod episode. Again, we'll just have to wait and see. We're on hold till the KD, Donovan, Mitchell, Dominoes fall, and we have a better idea of if we can pull off a Kyrie trade, if we have to pivot to a Miles, Turner, and Buddy Heel trade, or even pivot to a lesser deal after that. Once the dust settles there, we'll get a better idea of how we want to use that last roster spot and who else we'd like to invite to training camp. But for now, this is at least an episode to get your mind sort of thinking about different sort of names and different sort of configurations that the Lakers could look at between now and then. So with that said, thank you guys for listening. Again, please do us a favor and give us a five-star rating and review on the Apple Podcasts app or Spotify. We're trying to hit 100 five stars on Spotify before the close of this summer. But yeah, thank you guys for your support. And yeah, Tommy, I will catch you later. Peace.
Laters. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.